Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I'm super excited to have my broker, the big boss of Ness Realty, Jonathan Kaufman. Jonathan, how are you? I'm great. It's good to see you virtually. I know. We're in different places. Our office is being reconstructed, constructed. So we've all been working from home. Jonathan's in South Carolina doing a bunch of business planning. So thank you for taking the time to talk to me about everyone's favorite topic right now. What's happening with realtor commissions? Well, it should be everybody's favorite topic because it's probably the most pressing right now. I mean, clearly we're in an interesting market in a market that we haven't seen for a while. And now we've got this, you know, headwinds of this potential, you know, shift in the industry coming. And, you know, there's different camps, like we we've talked about different camps of people and where their heads are. So let's, let's dive in. Yeah, because I think so what we're obviously so for people that I guess just woke up, right, or, or haven't been paying attention, or who have been blissfully unaware. Hello. So what we're talking about is there are three major class action suits, right, that are out there right now. And the gist of them, just to boil it down, the claim is that NAR or MLS rules regulating compensation to the buyer's agents within the MLS violate antitrust, that, that sellers have been forced, quote unquote, to pay these commissions that have propped up this commission structure. And... This participation rule, the clear participation rule that MLS and NAR had that you had to compensate a buyer's agent, which, by the way, could have been five cents. There was never, ever a rule of a, a fix. There is no such thing as a fixed commission. You are not allowed to charge a fixed commission. I want to be make sure we're clear right. talking about that. But basically... These suits are happening right now in the court is probably the biggest suit going on where NAR is involved in. A couple of the entities that were sued have settled. So Remax has settled for about $55 million. You have anywhere that's settled for $83 million. Right now, the Sitzer-Burnett case is literally in court as you and I are talking Yeah. And so it's a massive shift in potentially how real estate is done. It is. And- you know, I'd say with the settlements is we we do know some details of the settlements. We know that there are settlements from a dollar figure that that was agreed on, like you said, was it 55 and 83 million dollars? Yeah. We also know there were some additional components to that of you're not requiring your agents to be a member of NAR. And also believe that each of them, you know, don't don't aren't requiring buyer agency compensation. To be offered. So there's a there's been a trickling of the details that have come out. We don't know we don't know the full the full breadth. A couple of those are pretty major points. Even you know you and you can make the argument one way or the other. Of if there was a minimum compensation that MLS is required of one dollar, right? What's the difference between one dollar and zero dollars? And there's two groups. One group says there is no really difference, and the other group is like light. That's light years different from nothing to one dollar. So and, you know, with 1.6 million existing realtors and more practicing real estate agents than that, it'll, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how things play out over the next year, couple of years. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, no matter what, 
anybody can predict what's happening, but nobody really, really knows. I mean, they're purely predictions. There's so many variables. We've been kind of operating in a certain framework and for for however long we've had our real estate licenses, 20 years for myself, 28, 28 for you. And there's clearly people that have been in business a lot longer than that, but there's been a kind of a framework that we've been operating in and, and it's the difference between zero and $1. How much is that going to impact the day-to-day kind of the way that we, the way that we operate. And, and I think what we're here to talk about too, is the conversations that we have with clients. And that's the, that's the thing that we can control is we can control the conversations that we have with clients. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Because I think right now in the camps that we were talking about, I, you know, you obviously speak to a lot of realtors. So do I go out and, and teach and, and speak to realtors and always interesting to me. So I can get in front of a group of, let's say 40 people and say, how many people have heard about these lawsuits? Now, maybe let's say in the last three days, since it's really been in court, people have heard more, but let's say even a week ago, two people will have heard of it. Most people have no idea what I'm talking about, which to me is shocking. And then, then in talking about, it's like, oh, that'll never happen or it doesn't matter. And it's like, oof, I think that we don't need to be in the camp. Look, the sky is not falling real estate will continue. But I think we have to be very aware, especially now the reality is it is absolute that NAR has said there does not need to be compensation for a buyer's agent in the MLS. That is, that's happening, right? So MLSs are already implementing that. So, so that's a given and different ships in membership likely in NAR. I just think it all has to shake out. Like nothing is set. I think there could also be there are going to be settlements and then there's going to be people. I just think it's going to be the next couple of years before it's clear, before it's all shaken out. So I think that there will be a lot of misinformation too, in terms of, oh, nobody has to do this. Everybody has to do this. I think the most important thing is as an owner, as a broker owner, which you are, you are my broker, the kind of conversations that realtors let's talk about number one conversations, but I also think there's business practices. There's preparation that realtors need to be doing. First, I think the worst thing that can happen is let's say you're my client and I sit down with you and you say, well, hey, based on all these new lawsuits and I say, what are you talking about, right? Like, I think that could that would be the worst possible not being prepared to have a discussion and have at least a basic understanding of what's happening. And then secondly, Look, I mean, if if what people hear, let's play this through, John. If someone hears, I don't have to pay. Okay, so buyer's agency compensation no longer a requirement, certainly still allowed. So you're the client where I am, and I say, hey, Jonathan, I don't, I'm not paying a buyer's agent, right? I have to be able to have an intelligent conversation about this. Sure, and we have all operated as realtors uh, since day one of getting it. You know, no matter how long you've had your real estate license. Since day one, you have thought about what your listing presentation was. How do I go get listed, right? Because there's kind of two sides to our business as as realtors. There's buyer representation and seller representation. And the seller representation is how do I go get listings? And how do you go get listings? Is Marjorie, I know this from having conversations over the past, gosh, you know, 11, 12 years since we've really gotten to know each other a lot better and be working, working together on a daily basis. You've got your listing presentation and you've continued to evolve your listing presentation over the years. And that listing presentation changes from, you know, 2008 to 2012 to 2016 to 2020 and kind of on beyond based on a variety of different factors that are happening. And you're always determining what worked and what doesn't work. It's a big piece of a brokerage offering to an agent. 
and training that an agent takes on. I mean, how many presentations have you been to or given or had conversations you've had? We have with realtors about what's your listing presentation, right? Lots. What we haven't really thought of is what's your buyer presentation and what's your buyer pitch? Usually the buyer, you know, it just kind of, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, it's just a referral happens, a lead comes through a website, you start to engage with them. And yes, you are explaining, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do for you. But it's it's not as planned and as regimented and as thoughtful as a listing presentation. And I think that's the spot where we are today. And that's where, where we are as, as a brokerage at Nest. And I'll tell you that you mentioned earlier in this podcast we're that I'm in South Carolina and planning sessions. A, a big chunk of my day today was having conversations with kind of our strategic team about what is buyer agency and what do we need to offer from a buyer agency perspective to you know ensure that we have the right pitch and that we ensure that we are arming our agents with the tools and the resources that they truly will need moving forward to you know to earn the trust and and and, and become a buyer's agent. And so, you know, you know, in a nutshell, and we're still working through it, but in a nutshell, you, you have to, as a realtor, you've got to define your value. Like you've got to sit down and say, this is the value I bring to the table, right? And you've got to know that and believe that in your head. The second is you've got to communicate that value. You've got to come up with a presentation and a program for your buyers, uh, communicate that. And the third is you've got to follow through on it, right? And so whatever your pitch is that you're saying you're going to do, you've got to follow through on that. And that's, you know, that's kind of the framework that we're using to kind of build up what is the buyer presentation of 2023 and 2024 and 2025? And what do we need to build into our arsenal of services from a brokerage standpoint to, to give our agents? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I, I mean, I'm definitely not different, right? But I've had a buyer presentation for 20 years. So like when I came to Nest, I know we talked about, it. I was like, well, here's, I mean, I had my guide to selling and I have my guide to buying and I have, you know, before we take people out, it's now it's can be Zoom or in person, but it was never, I think for buyers often, right? It was like, hi, I want to see one, two, three main street. And you just kind of jumped in your car and you showed them the house and you started, right? And so I think that has to change. I think that clearly for these suits to have gotten the traction that they have, there wasn't enough of that nationally. And I'm not, there's no blame here, but I think if you think about it, like what I hear now, like on social media is, gosh, I guess now we need to get buyer agency agreement signed. It's like, ah, you needed to do that 20 years ago, right? Like, so I think this, there is a process, right? There isn't, there's always been this education, but Maybe it wasn't as quote unquote necessary, but I think, look, if you think about it, most of the public or anyone that would argue the non-need of it is, well, you know, they didn't find my, I found my own house, which always makes me laugh because I think the, ironically, the lowest task I have is to find the house. Honestly, like my worth as buyer's agent is not necessarily to locate a home because yes, there is realtor.com, Zillow, MLS, like it's, that's not the job. So I think the perception that, you know, I drove by the sign or I was on this website or whatever, I quote unquote found the house that, that cat's been out of the bags for 20 some years. Right. I think MLS books went, you know, by the wayside. 
Well, even those, remember we used to share them. Oh, you can't share the book. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, take the book, calm. Yeah. So the you want to see, give me the book back, right? Like this is the global version of the book. Yeah. But I think the location, it's really being clear of like, okay, yes, you have to get a buyer agency agreement signed, which you should have been doing anyway. But like the buyer consultation is vital. And I always thought it was, but like I said, to me, our, our value and also the value of our time, you know, again, what is the value of my time? And it's not to quote unquote, find the home, right? It's here's what you need a buyer's agent for. Here's the guidance that we provide. Here's the experience. Here's the knowledge of the market. Here's what has to go in offers in this market today for them to be successful. Here are things you can forego. Here are things, you know, this is the importance of pre-approval versus pre-qualification, right? This is, this is what I offer, right? And I think it's, it's important, of course, and we've had to evolve that, like you said earlier, for sellers as well. But what do what is our true value that we offer in our differentiator? I don't think it's such a bad thing. Yeah. We have to really clarify that. And listen, compensation has always been negotiable, right? So that's the thing for when I first, so let's go backwards six months, eight months. I don't know how long ago before. Now, I really want to give Ness a lot of credit because I think it was Keith and you who really started kind of saying, hey, you should be paying attention to this. And then I start, I mean, I told you I have like a book I've listened to and followed podcasts and news, and I've really just made it a mission to learn about this. But I think it's, at first I was like, I don't get it. Like, you know, there's a listing agreement, you sit down, there's blanks on compensation. We explain, this is what I charge. Person X can charge one chicken, person Y can charge three. You can pay no chickens. You know what I mean? Like being yeah. very careful. On, but to me, a little bit naive. And then with buyer's agency as well, we sat down and said, hey, this is this is the buyer agency agreement. And this is how we get paid. And this is, if it's a for sale by owner and they're not offering compensation, this is how we have to talk this out. So just seem like, well, where did it get so convoluted, right? And I well, think there are different areas maybe or, or different ways of doing business you know, everywhere. Sure. You know, I'll say, and this, I know this isn't toot our horn or toot your horn, but we've been requiring buyer agency agreements and having conversation about buyer agency conversations for, for years and to educate our agents. And I think our agents do a phenomenal and have done a phenomenal job of it. But at any point, you know, kind of you reach a little bit of an inflection point where we are right now, it's just a great, great opportunity to take a step back and say, can we get better? How can we get better? And do we need to really kind of think about like, what does that buyer of the future truly need a buyer agent for? Because as I mentioned before, you know, your listing presentation always evolves and your buyer presentation always evolves. If you didn't update your buyer presentation since, you know, your first week on the job, you'd still be talking about MLS books. And so bringing through your value proposition on a regular basis and kind of reevaluating it. And that's to us what this is, is this is an opportunity to really say, how do we just continue to be exceptional about helping our agents? Because everybody's different. Define value, communicate value, and then follow through on that value. And are, thing, are there things that brokerage can, can offer? Absolutely. There are some things that we can offer that every single one of our amazing Nest agents can have, but you know, Marjorie's true value of what she's bringing to the table and your experience is different than any other agent, whether an agent's been in the business for a year or 50 years, right? And so that's, I think, the key here is to kind of look at where we are right now and say, you know, gosh, you know, 
there's a there's a weather forecast there's a there's a hurricane coming in and that hurricane could you know could blow over and and veer right and and maybe not much happens a little bit of sticks we might see some sticks and a little bit of you know a little bit of rain or this could be a category five that we need to be ready for and and it's we're on our toes and kind of ready for anything but we're we're prepping and and doing some planning for it. I think that's, don't you think, I mean, for me, there is a lot of unknown. I think, again, there's, it's a shift. There is a shift. Again, that just alone that, that no compensation has to be offered is, is already shift one. Sure. I think I, I'm a big, big believer in like over planning, right? I would rather be over prepared. And I think, look, the time is now. I think that educating the consumers, it's educating our clients. Like I'm going to be writing, I'm writing a letter to all of my clients and saying, this is just a snapshot because I think they're going to hear things that are not necessarily correct. And I think it's important, one, that we're educated, two, that we really take a look at this. And this isn't a bury your head in the sand. All the realtors are not going to disappear. There's all of a sudden not going to be, there will be, I think, a cleansing. There's no doubt. There's going to be a shift in how things work. But I do think it's an opportunity. So I think anyone listening, the point is to educate yourself and your clients. Because listen, I will tell you already, it was probably three months ago, I had a client from out West and I was listing a townhouse here and he and his brother, and he said, oh, I don't have to pay buyer's agents anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I was like, oh, let's, well, hold on. Let's, let's, yes. you don't have to pay anyone, by the way. That's, that's absolutely true. You can do this on your own with no payment to anybody. Here is, here are different structures. Here is, you know, your options. That's always been part of it. So I think that ability to to go through that and understanding it's it's here and it's coming but i think that when you can sit down in an educated way explain first of all frankly like you talked about listing and buyers agents it is also if if you're a really strong listing agent it is also our job let's say because i do both so i have two hats so i'm going to put my listing agent hat on i truly believe now this is me speaking that it's i believe it's also my job to properly explain to, let's say you're my seller, the value of a buyer's agent. Because I truly believe, especially in a market like we have now, and I have case study after case study, because I certainly sell enough houses of an importance of a strong agent, first of all, like a really seasoned strong agent in in keeping things together and managing things properly. And, And the difference of offers we get with no agent, right? Like how things work. So I truly believe in the value. Now, what they're chosen to be paid or not paid is not what we're talking about. I'm not saying that they need to be paid X chickens. I'm saying that there is definitely value in a buyer's agent and representation that that helps a buyer go to closing. Because interestingly, if you read a lot of the news, if you read about the case that's at hand right now, the Sitzer case right now, a lot of the claims are like you know, that there's this arbitrary relationship and that sellers were forced to, to pay these the buyer who's their like enemy or, you know, it's like, no, if it's done properly, the realtors represent, yes, their clients properly to get something to closing, not with animosity. We're all in the same, we want the same goal. It's just making sure that it's properly done. Right. And I think if you can explain that, that there are changes to compensation, there have always been offers to compensation that were, were negotiable, that buyer's agents have value here's what I see that value, right? So the incorrect thing to say, right, is 
you know, part of the case is, well, if you don't offer compensation, no one will show your house. Oh, please don't go there. That is the quickest way to get yourself in trouble. But uh, it's not in the fear, right? So I think it's, we don't sit down. So if you're my seller, I'm not going to stand and scare you into offering. That's not what we're looking to do. I'm looking to explain to you from a historical perspective of something I've done many years, the value, first of all, me as the listing agent, well, I think they should choose me, but the value of having a really strong buyer's agent works to all of our benefit. Again, and I think as a buyer's agent, I need to sit down and explain the value I provide. And we've always had to do that, but I think it's going to be more important now, right? So I think this education and making sure I can sit intelligently, I can walk into a supermarket and a client's going to walk up to me and I'm able to say, hey, this, this is, this is, I'm not a lawyer, right? We'd have no settlements. I'm not advising anyone, but this is what I see. Yeah. I don't love the fact that your plan is to be proactive with your clients and and let them know what's going on because you've heard me talk about this before, but you know, I believe that for any professional across the country, whether it's a, an attorney or a real estate agent or whatever, one of the number one reasons why they're hired is is if somebody trusts them. Like if I if I trust you, that is kind of like a not just a baseline, but so important in order to to you know be be hired and then kind of move through a transaction or a, a, you know a, whatever you're hired for. The right way. So I love the proactivity of 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 communicating this because it builds initially builds trust and it shows experience and knowledge. So I, you know, kudos to you for for having that plan and put that plan in place. But yeah, I mean, look, this is a it's an interesting phase that we're in, and I just just don't know kind of you know how long it's going to take. But I, I do know that the number one thing that we all need to be doing is saying. How do I set myself apart as an agent and how do I define my value? And that's, that's truly it. It's like defining value and, and we've been doing it forever, but we've got to, we've got to continue to do it. Yeah. And I think that's the, again, I think there's a lot of fear. I think there's a lot of, I think, you know, look, anytime resistance to change is normal, right? When you see change, I think people are like, no. How did you feel when I told you that we were going to move offices? Oh, I didn't like it. I was mad. <laughs> you're, you're mad. And you're, you're really mad right now because we don't have an office. But yeah, yeah. I so promise you, but no, when we move into the new office, you're going you're gonna to love it. It's going to be great. Because I'm going to have windows and I don't sit next to the toilet. So those are two things that I can say. But no, I yeah, think even yeah. all of us who I think I go through, yeah, toilet, window, all, you know, good. But I think that this, we get we get comfortable. We get used to something. I loved our office. You are getting us all scooters, right? I do remember because we have to walk further. We should all have little scooters so we can get down to Marie Bet. So I'll talk to you about that. I, I think that's that. in the, the new agent agreement that I saw. But no, I think, look, you know, hey, this is comfortable. I'm used to this. Like now there's this shift and this is a pretty major shift. And so we can all choose to freak out about it or we can say, okay, let's really think about it and then think, how do I proceed through it? And so I think at first, a lot of people, right? It was, oh, that, that'll never happen. Or, you know, it's just not going to change anything for me. And it's like, oh, that's not necessarily, there's been so many shifts, right? In our industry, this is probably the biggest one, but look, we've had differences and, you know, we've had small brokerages and big brokerages and these rules and, you know, all these things that have changed over the years that I think many times it's been like, oh boy, and it's a storm we've got to go through, but I think it's one we got to go head on. And 
And I think being the leaders of explaining and being really clear on what's happening versus reactive. I think the worst thing we can do is either not change if things weren't going well or just be reactive, right? Or, or I'm just bad. Doesn't matter to me. It's like, oh. right. yeah, that's what I'd say. Getting out ahead of it because if if and when things do, and some changes already happen, but if and when things do change more, and we don't even know what that means. But if you're already doing the things to kind of prepare yourself for for that, you're having your buyer consults, you're ex- defining your value, you're explaining, you know, how the process works, you're educating people on title insurances, what the difference between an amendment and an addendum is. And, why you should get an inspection and like really kind of, I mean, right on down the line, what's the, how's the market? You know, what does the neighborhood look like? What's the price per square foot? You know, all those types of things. You're doing that now and defining value and truly representing your clients the right way and communicating that to them, but truly representing your clients the right way. Then the change isn't going to be as big, right? When you wake up on a Monday morning at some point, it's like, here's, here's kind of the new rules of the game. You know, the folks that can say, I've already been doing that, right? They're the ones that aren't going to be shaking their boots at that point. And they can focus on growth and customer service and customer experience and, you know, getting better versus like you're saying, reacting. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to, got to get my ship in order here because I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, they're just going to be left, left behind. So I, I think the proactivity and as a realtor, the realtors that are listening to this is like, Coming up with, like I said, nobody can predict what's going to happen, but coming up with, in your mind, could be that worst case scenario and prepping for that and communicating with your buyers with that in mind. And truly, it comes down to, you know, proactive communication to make sure that we are completely transparent with everything that we do, how we're compensated right on down the line. I mean, that's a that's what a good relationship should be whether that relationship is you know a, a short-lived 60 to 90 day real estate transaction or whether it's a you know a client for life that you want to have forever the way you build relationships is what i just talked about so you know i don't know you have any any thoughts on that i mean i think again so part of it is like we've always so if it's been so it's funny because i think i'm in the camp where we've always felt that way so i think that it shouldn't be as differentiation right it shouldn't if you've sat with your clients and explained compensation and how we're compensated which i always was like well, how does somebody not know because you know again it's it's not magic but if it wasn't thoroughly explained or or explained in a different way then i get it right so i think it's so hard i think I've done this 28 years, right? I've been a realtor for so long. It's hard to not have realtor hat on and, and not think every consultation we've had has had this, these conversations. So, so if you haven't had them, it's a major shift, right? And so, but really, if you think about, it's like, again, what is our value, right? So when you were talking about it's our value, if, if our value, if our value, let's just put it this way. If our value to a person or a client, a potential client is that we're a key, right? That we're just that entry key or we're the, we're the portal to entry. Then there, the value is not the them. Maybe they don't need the buyers, right? If, if that value is, it's because I've heard people when I've talked about this say, oh, we'll just get an attorney. I'm like, well, yeah. Hey, but the attorney is not 
showing in the house as well as attending the inspection as you know what I mean? Like there are so many pieces and parts to a, to a purchase, right? There's, as you know, there's probably a hundred. So I think one is finding a house and one, yes, is preparing a contract. And, but I think the value is so much more. So really what is the value of our experience? And of Absolutely. if you think about that buyer journey, right? If you meet with a buyer today and the, and I know it's not, but the end of the journey is closing day. Yeah. Right. I think you break that into three tranches. You've got the first mile and that first mile is showing houses. Like, let me, let me show you houses. And is there some value that you can bring? Absolutely. Sure. You can educate people on neighborhoods and neighborhood values and, you know, proximity to the downtown mall and like all these type of things to kind of tell people about, about the kind of the neighborhoods that way. The second is that, that middle mile and the middle mile is inspections, well, I'll back up even more. It's writing the contract. It's inspections. It's, you know, I mean, we could go on and on. There's a hundred different things that go on in that middle mile. And then the last mile is negotiate, renegotiating, as we all know. I mean, how many, now I know the last couple of years has been a little bit off, but over your 28 year career, I mean, how many times have you written a contract, had a home inspection, negotiated everything with one call back and forth and closing happens and it's over, right? It just doesn't happen. So the realtor brings their value in that middle mile and then really the last mile because how many, we could sit here, we'd probably have our own podcast series on things that go wrong in the last seven days before closing, right? How many things come up? You know, financing issues, survey issues. I mean, you know, Something was left out of the contract. The buyers can't move out. The movers haven't showed up. Like, you know, all these the repairs aren't done. What do we do? And it's the, it's the realtor that is bringing the value in that middle to last mile. That is just something that is admittedly difficult to define because you don't want to sit in a buyer consult meeting and say, "Let me tell you all the things that could go wrong." I have a list of ninety-seven things that yeah, could go wrong, and I'm going to go through of eighty-eight. By the way, eighty-eight. You're going to go through, but you're not go through one by one and say, I did this and I did this. And don't, right? You're not going to do that. But it's so it's it's building that trust and 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 letting people know and and informing people about how you are going to get them through this journey, what the steps are, and hopefully kind of minimizing surprises. Because look, buying a home is is stressful. And I think that's part of where the challenge is with the where these lawsuits came from is that realtors may communicate. And I know it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to other people where you communicate from a buyer agent standpoint, how compensation works, but there's so many other things going on that maybe that went in one ear and out the other. And, you know, I've, I've had conversations with, you know, with many agents over the years that, you know, their, their buyers have, have asked them, you know, a week or two down the road, tell me how this works again. And, you know, they sit down and have the conversation over and over again, but that's it. It's like the, middle mile and that last mile of just making sure there's communication and that the realtor is there to guide their clients and to to deal with the issues and to navigate those issues as they come through. Because, you know, buying, buying a home is, is not like, you know, going to the convenience store and and buying an ice cream sandwich and a Diet Coke. It's a little more complicated. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I think, and I think that's the key. And, And it's funny too, because I think there are times our job is also, frankly, I think if we really do it well, we make it seem like it was easy. If, That's it. 
So, so many times we don't call you. I certainly don't call my client every time and go, well, the, the agent just flipped out and the seller flipped out and they said they weren't going to move. And 16 phone calls later, it's cool. And by the way, I just didn't even let you in on that because you lost your marbles. So yeah. I think we, when we do it really well, it's very smooth. And so it appears very easy because all the chaos is here with me that I don't want to bring to you. So I think there's got to be a little bit of knowing these are the things we do, but right. Like you're paying for communication, experience, negotiation, but it's convenience, right? Like there is a value to all the things we cover and take care of and put on our shoulders that don't have to go on that buyers. And I think that's part of it too, is that Gosh, that was really easy. And meanwhile, you're like, you know, your hair's on fire and, you know, you sure. look like you didn't shower for a month and you're like, oh yeah, that was so easy. Right. So if you take your car into a mechanic and, and there's an oil leak and you're sitting out in the front and they come out, they're like, Marjorie, I got to tell you this problem. There's an, there's an oil leak and I'm going to do my best I can to fix it. Like if, if they don't need to communicate that to me until it's fixed and then they come out and say, hey, by the way, we had an oil leak. I did X, Y, and Z. It's fixed. You don't worry about it. That's what you're talking about is like sometimes, you know, solving problems and communicating what happened to your clients, right? We don't, we don't ever want to not communicate, but, no, but sometimes we don't, we don't always tell them the, like, we're like, Hey, listen, so let's face it. If let's say the seller's like, I'm never moving and they camped out and they made a hundred phone calls and they're furious and they were going to burn the house down, but they didn't. And so I call you and say, Jonathan, yeah. Okay. So Yes, we had a delay just, you know, the seller really didn't want to move out. We have taken care of, don't worry, they're moving. But I'm yeah. not about to call and be like, all right, Jonathan, they almost burned your house down. And, you know, they were going to, you know, <laughs> make voodoo dolls of my hair. Like, I don't, we don't share all that. Now, of course we share, we, we fix share. the house. But I think, I think that's part of what we're there for, right? Is we, we take a lot of the you know, we, we say a lot, we're counselors a lot of time because we take a lot of the stress and the burden. That's our job. And so I think there's, it's very hard to convey, but it's an absolute value. So I think, you know, as we talk about all this, that's the key. It's like being able to hold someone's hand, you know, sometimes hold them back, right? Like when you said that first mile, some of that first mile is when we're in the house and Hey, listen, you know, there's some foundation problems here and you might love this, but this is always going to be a problem. And this is something you got to look at. I mean, that's, that's part of what we're there for, right? Everyone's like, oh, you're there to sell houses. I'm like, gosh, I feel like some years it's my job is to not sell houses, right? I, t I feel like I talk myself out, you know, I'm like, no, don't buy this house. We say we are here to help our clients make great real estate decisions. And sometimes that means not making it. You need to buy this house and you should pay if you if you're okay with it, you should you should pay X to, to get it because it's still a right value and it's the right thing for you. And our clients can make that decision. And other times it's to really guide them and say, I would really think think hard about about pushing forward with this. It may seem like a good price, but it's got a foundation issue. Or, you know, there's gonna be a, you know, development back behind it and your your tranquility of 20 acres is gonna have, you know. A hotel behind it in five years. So, I mean, that's it. It's like help. We are here to help guide people, solve problems, and and give people or give our clients the information to help them make great real estate decisions. And yeah. that's ultimately, you know, the buyer broker and and the listing agent of the future. And in my opinion, and I, I felt this way since day one of of Nest Realty is that's how I that's how I feel. We want to help people make great real estate yeah. decisions.
comes down to communication is a big component of it. And we've got to continue to communicate with our buyers and sellers, uh, you know, in a way that's going to help them achieve that goal. Yeah. And I think it's more important. So I really wanted to come on and talk to you because I think there's going to be a lot of noise. The news is important. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot, again, I have listened to the sky is falling. Realtors have done. I've listened to nothing's going to happen. I mean, there's, you've got to really boil it down to this is, this is what, what is happening. This is what could happen. This is what I'm doing to prepare. This is how I'm going to take the best care of my clients. And I think brokerages to prepare their realtors and make sure they understand what's happening. They can speak intelligently about, we know, which again, there's so much we don't. There are clear facts that we do. And I think just staying ahead and really being that realtor that that is able to have an intelligent conversation when someone says, I don't, I don't need to pay you. Right. And well, you never really did, but here's, here's how this works. So I think it's vital. I actually think it's the number one, most important thing that we all need to be aware of as practicing realtors right now. Frankly, if you're a lender, cause this is a realtor lender podcast, lenders need to be very aware of it. They need to make sure their realtors are clear. They need to see is there anything, you know, can they can help their realtors? And by the way, how can you, what is your listing presentation? What is your buyer console? If I'm a buyer right now, right? If I'm, I'm coaching you, which, you know, I coach people, it's Jonathan, let's go through your, I'm going to sit down and say, I'm talking to three agents and I want to work with a buyer's agent. Let's go through. And what's your console? Like how, what, why you explain to me what's going on? Hey, I guess I don't need, yeah, I can do this for free, right? Like we've got to have this conversation. We've got to be prepared to, to, to really take care of our clients even better. And I think our sellers as well. So this is the time. And I think it's always been the time, but there's never been more of a time. I think that now to be really clear, make sure we are properly showing what we do, right? Yeah. We do it. So I knew you were the one I needed to talk to because like I said, you and Keith, I think, I don't remember how many months ago. It's been years. Yeah. I've been talking about this for years. So I think that knowledge and that's part of, I think, frankly, as a broker listening, your realtors need to understand and, and be clear and, and again, be very cautious. There is no, again, we do only this, uh, -uh. you know, we gotta be really smart in it, but just think now's the time to, you know, get the head out of the sand, pay attention. And listen, if for the people that say, well, I'm not as busy, great. Then you be looking at your presentations and your systems and your checklists and your conversations, right? And you be educating yourself. And that's that's what we need to be doing right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Down in South Carolina, a little jealous. Virginia sin. Well, you know, I'm very happy to come to South Carolina anytime for any business planning. Let's do it. I'll be back. I'm, we got to get this office ready for you. So I've got, uh, I've got some responsibilities with that. Yes, I need you to get on that. But thank you for joining me today on Real Estate Unscripted. Loved it. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.